Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Community Pulse. I am Mary Thingval, at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. And I am PJ Haggerty, at Asplenic on Twitter. We've got three different guests with us today, Jason Yee, David Blank Edelman, and Davey Shafik, and we are going to be talking about travel tips. Since we all spend a fair amount of time on the road, we thought it'd be fun to collect some of the best tips among those people who tend to be looked at as travel experts. So Jason, how about you jump in and introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Jason Yee. Uh, work at Datadog as an evangelist. Um, you can probably hear some noise in the background, so I'm actually currently in the Detroit airport. Uh, DTW is the airport code at gate A10. So we can see that, yes, there are people. Um, hopefully this will start filling up with people and my flight will go out on time in about uh, two hours here. Sounds good, thanks. Davey, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I'm Davey Shafik. Uh, I'm at Akamai. Um, I just arrived home from Boston uh, like an hour ago. Um, Boy, are your arms Seattle. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I came home a day early today. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm in Seattle. Um, yeah, that's me. Cool. And David? Hi, I'm David Blank Edelman. I'm at AppSera, which is a company based in San Francisco, but I live in Boston. And I'm actually in Boston right now at the tail end of the Lisa conference. Very cool. I'm lucky enough to actually be home today. Uh, that's after traveling for three and a half weeks in November and before I leave on Tuesday to head back to headquarters in Baltimore. So kind of in between trips currently. I, I, am, I am very lucky. I am also home today. I think this is the first time that, um, of course, Jason's, Jason Hand is not here. So I guess I can't say it's the first time all three of us were at home, but he's on vacation. So that's not the same True. thing. He's actually better off than at home. Um, yeah, so I'm home after, after a long, month-long being away from home. Uh, Davey and I were actually hanging out a bit in D.C. where we recorded the last podcast episodes. Um, and I think I actually get to stay home all through January, so I'm kind of super excited about that. Awesome. That could, of course, change at a moment's notice, but at the moment, I'm staying home all through January. We count our blessings when we have them, right? Exactly, exactly. Cool. Well, how about you all tell us a little bit about how you got started in community as well? Can go the same order we did last time. Jason, you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, I got started in community. I was a web developer, uh, particularly a developer. Um, so ended up uh, getting involved with leading meetups, uh, particularly because like most open source projects, um, it involves you saying something and being willing to do it. Uh, so I started leading because the former person who led it, a guy named Greg Kanadison, um, at one point, I asked him why the meeting was starting late. Um, it was supposed to start 10 minutes ago. And he said, well, you can start the meetup. And then every week after that, he was like, well, you can keep starting the meetup. <laughs> so that's how I got involved in communities. And that ended up leading, leading to me um, having jobs um, with you know, open source and tech communities. Uh, so now I ended up at Datadog as an evangelist, where I can actually go in and speak to communities. Awesome. So I, uh, I got involved sort of in the wider tech community, just sort of contributing to open source projects um, and started uh, through that, got a job as an engineer at Engineyard where me and PJ used to work together. Uh, and then we were sort of both roped into the community team. There. Um, and that's, that's how I became uh, an evangelist. So, um, but I actually started speaking um, like in 2006, 
to like eight years earlier because I wanted to go to a conference and I couldn't afford it. Uh, and in the PHP community, they, they pay uh, travel and um, uh, hotel. So uh, that was a way that I could actually get in there. And I was terrible at it, but uh, I, got, I got a free pass and got to go. So that's, that's what I kind of got speaking. And it's, it's not what I do at least one week a month. So, so um, I've been sort of part of the sysadmin community for, I don't know, 20, 30 odd years. Um, and I started going to this conference that I'm at right now at Lisa. And then as I started to get more involved, they started saying, well, hey, can you do more stuff? And then eventually um, I got elected onto the board of directors of Usenix, which puts on conferences. Um, and I, this was sort of like on the side. Um, and then when I left my last job, I got recruited to do evangelism along these lines. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do more of that. I speak at conferences and stuff like that. Um, happy to do it. And so that's how I get into this, this realm. Makes sense. So I think, I think we should jump right into the, the main thing. We're talking about travel tips in this episode. And as, as experts, um, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like when your family's like, oh, you work with computers. Can you fix my 86-year-old Millennium Edition Windows machine? Um, and you're like, yeah, of course I can because that's what I studied in school. Um, but uh, we're also travel experts. A lot of people come with questions about travel. So First, first off, right off the bat, airlines. How do you figure out what the best airline is? How do you figure out the best flights? Um, is it just a timing thing? Is there personal preference towards airlines? Um, anybody feel free to jump in and, and, and go on the attack. So, so I'm a, a big Delta fanboy. Um, I've been flying Delta exclusively for almost three years. Um, but the reason I chose Delta is their they were main hub is in Atlanta and I was based in central Florida and it's very quick to get there and then I can get anywhere. Right. So, um, I think the first tip is find out, you know, what airlines are at your local airport as far as major hubs. Um, so if you're in say Philadelphia, you're going to be looking at what used to be us airways, which is now American airlines. Um, if you are in, uh, like New York, I think probably United and Delta are good choices. Um, and if you're in Texas, for example, American airlines, again, um, Seattle is uh, Delta's new West Coast hub, for example. Uh, but yeah, just look for, for the easiest hub to get to, um, and that's going to give you your cheapest tickets probably and the least travel time. Mm -hmm. I'd chime in there with um, also consider where you want to go, right? Um, not, not so much where you're going for work, right? Most of the major airlines, they go anywhere. Um, the question becomes, as you travel more, you're gonna start accumulating miles, right? These reward miles that you can use for free tickets. And the question is, what do you wanna do with those? Uh, so I have a lot of friends that they like to, to fly on Southwest or JetBlue, and, and they're both good airlines, uh, particularly for getting around in the States. But then the question becomes, what do you wanna do with those? And a lot of them are like, oh, I'd love to take my wife or my partner or whoever on a trip to some exotic place. Um, and surprise, neither of them actually go to those places, so you can't redeem for awards to really nice places like that. Yes, I, to I totally agree with Jason. I, you know, like I was, the advice I was given was, uh, since I'm not at any hub, was figure out which of the frequent flyer points miles would be more useful to you and which ones can you bank more. And if you know you're going to be doing a certain route, doing that. The other thing that, that I'd also suggest is it's also not a bad idea to, um, if you're going to go, if you're going to pick a frequent flyer thing, go all in, go with the credit cards that generate more of those miles wherever possible in a, in a smart way. Um, and that way you can, you can start to accumulate things. Um, 
I think that's that's and if if uh, my my primary carrier for free for frequent flyer miles fails in some way, it doesn't get me to where I need to go. Then then I'm off to sort of the comparison websites like Hipmunk or Matrix.ita.software.com or other stuff like that to get a Google, good sense. Google Flights is great. Yeah, so to, to figure out like what the other possibilities are, but I think I think that going all in on on a carrier for its frequent flyer points is not a bad way to, to start that question of what 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 to go for. And I, I know, like for me, for example, um, I sometimes hit that restriction of my booking engine at work has you know you have to be the top three cheapest flights, and sometimes you know Delta doesn't come in under that. Um, I know some companies have like, if you're within so much percentage, you can stay with your favorite flyer, uh, carrier, that sort of stuff. Um, like all those things are going to come into play. Um, I would also look at the, so it's not just the individual airlines, but like, for example, if you are on United, that means that you're in Star Alliance, I think, right? So now you've got all the other Star Alliance carriers. Um, if you're on uh, uh, Sky Miles, which is Delta, you're also with Air France and KLM and China Southern and all the Asian airlines as well. So like that also plays into where you want to go. Um, and does matter. Absolutely, I, I think it, I think it's interesting that you bring up the uh, the whole concept of uh, I mean, because since we're traveling for work, I know that in, in my case, working for a an extremely large company that has partnerships with specific places, um, I only get a certain choice, and that kind of ties in with our next topic, which is hotels. Um, I know that so I work for IBM, and IBM has what they call IBM preferred hotels, um, and I I must pick from that list. Unless, like, you know, for example, when Dave and I were at PHP World, there was a conference hotel where the conference was taking place and everyone had rooms there. I can work outside of the system for that. But in general, it's, you know, sometimes I'm at a hotel that's two and a half miles away from the actual venue because that's the preferred hotel. Do you guys have good workarounds for that? Or do you have preferred hotel chains you go with? Or, you know, how, once you, now that you beat the flight thing, how do you deal with the hotel? I'm terrible at hotel systems. Like, I mean, I, I have not done any loyalty on the hotel side. Well, in uh, fairness, they're not nearly as easy to navigate as the whole. They're not. Well, so I actually do a ton of hotels. Um, my two hotel trains are IHG. Um, IHG encompasses uh, your Holiday Inns, Holiday Inn Express, Crown Plaza, Intercontinental, um, and a few others. And then Hilton. Hilton has a bunch of brands aside from the Hilton. Uh, and generally, the way that I picked that was there were certain conferences that I knew I was going to, and those conference hotels happened to be, um, one was a Hilton and one was a uh, Crown Plaza. Uh, so that's kind of how I chose, uh, but I play the whole points game with, with most of those. And generally, it's, it's very similar, right, to, the, to what you consider for an airline. Uh, where do you want to go? Are there hotels there? Um, so you generally want to choose a large hotel chain that has uh, international hotels. Um, and then, yeah, just figuring out what's around, what generally can hit, hit most of your needs, particularly what has a good range of those cheap hotels. So IHG is good for that, right? The Holiday Inn stuff is super cheap. You can usually find a Holiday Inn for like 125 a night, which, you know, that's pretty reasonable. Uh, but then at the same time, you can totally splurge on the other end and redo those points for, you know, an Intercontinental or a Crown Plaza that's going to cost you 400 a night. So I generally end up with SPG, or I prefer SPG because they're cross rewards with Delta. So I get miles for the dollars I spend there too, and my status also transfers. But I don't actively seek that out. 
And I just want to emphasize that status thing. Something that many people don't know is that sometimes you can get automatic status at hotels simply by demonstrating um, airline status. Like United can get you, you know, granted it's a fairly low tier on the hotels, but like something for free isn't bad. You know, you don't have to stay there and congratulations, you're already slightly status, which means I think they hand you a bottle of water or, you know, like, you hey, know, or say, bottle of water. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Or they say like $8. Yeah. Or they say like, you get free points for staying here. Congratulations. You know, so. Well, and also what you said, something. right. Yeah. And also what you said earlier about getting, buying into that whole brand with the credit cards on the airlines, buying those credit cards on hotels, right? So automatically with IHG, their credit card runs, uh, I think it's a $85 annual fee gives you platinum status, which is their mid-tier status, uh, which means you get late checkout, you'll always get free Wi-Fi, uh, potential room upgrades. Uh, Hilton's the same, you get one of their credit cards, you'll get some status, which provides you maybe free breakfast, uh, free Wi-Fi, things like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I've, also, I've also tried to trick, uh, when checking into hotels, I try to trick people and convince them I'm famous. So when I give them the thing and I actually sign, like say, you know, a hotel's $150 a night, I'd be like, you know, my signature's worth about $150 a night. There's some way I could get an upgrade. Um, and you said it's Denzel Washington, is that what you write down? Or? No, but it's worked twice, two times. Um, <laughs> but I mean, in, in, in seriousness, I found that at a lot of hotels, if you walk in and you say, hey, um, is there some kind of boat? If I sign up for your rewards program, which I may or may not do, they don't really care if you do or not, they just have to give you this feel. Um, but they'll say, you know, yeah, you'll get free breakfast if you sign up for Sheridan Rewards or whatever. Um, if you sign with IHG, you'll get free Wi-Fi for your stay here. Um, and that comes in handy, especially in places like Vegas where you're paying 16 bucks a day for Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times we expense these things, but that's still $16 a day that no one should have to pay. Yeah, I think Absolutely. like signing up for all of the programs, they're all free to start, right? Oh, yeah. uh, just sign up for all of them because if you do end up there, then, you know, you, you do have it that. It pays off, yeah. yeah. I've, I've done a lot with Marriott over the years because a lot of the different companies that I've worked for have been located close to a Marriott hotel. And so that tends to be the company hotel. And so it's, it's worked really nicely because inevitably I'll end up with even some low tier status and they do, you know, ah, pick, pick somebody from the concession stand and upgrade your Wi-Fi once you hit status. Right. Um, but I had a lot of colleagues when I was over at chef that did the, the Marriott credit card as well. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, dumped all of their normal regular bills on there and traveled enough that by the end of the year, they had gold or platinum status at the hotels. And so they were constantly getting upgrades, constantly getting early check-in or things like that, or free drinks at the bar or whatever. Plus had a couple nights at the end of the year where, cool, let me take my family and we're going to go to such and such a hotel or such and such a place and stay at the Marriott there because I've got the nights built up that I can get easily. Yep. So it's so interesting that you mentioned the status and the, the perks on that. And then oh, PJ, you mentioned pretending to be someone famous. One of the things that's really I'm interesting. I'm not totally pretending I am PJ. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> you are. That is true. Um, but it points out like a, a really huge difference between the way that hotels and airlines work. Uh, airlines and how they award people and give upgrades is extremely stringent. Uh, you know, there used to be the time, and you hear about it back in like the 60s and 70s, where wearing a nice suit, they just assumed you were someone important, they'd give you an upgrade. These days, you know, the upgrade lists have like really, really strict rules about when you get on the upgrade list, where you are on the upgrade list based on your status, based on the, you know, the type of ticket that you buy and how much you paid in the fare class. Um, and hotels haven't adopted that yet. So hotels are much more free to just randomly hand out upgrades 
uh, to people that they like. You know, just being nice to the receptionist is good enough for an upgrade at a hotel, uh, whereas it means absolutely nothing on an airline. And just also say something that, that encompasses both airlines and hotels that we may may come back to. Um, it, it is it behooves you to to kind of understand the ins and outs if you can of the different program the programs that you're in on. So one one resource for that that was really helpful to me in addition to talking to people like Jason and other people that really knew their stuff um, was to read uh, Flyer Talk. So Flyer Talks you know got a big forum um, people there you know sometimes you have to get over the initial hump of people talking about stuff that they already know about to other people using acronyms and stuff like that. But they often have uh, post at the top that say, here are the acronyms you're going to hear. And there is a lot of value, even if you're just sort of lurking there, just read about it and you're like, oh, okay, now I understand how, as Jason is saying, now I understand exactly how uh, my airline program does its upgrades. That's mm -hmm. useful to know. And it's same with, same with hotels, um, but if you're trying to not game the system, but at least understand the system, um, that's a really nice resource to hear people talking about it to help you learn. So um, a lot of the reason for the difference between between hotels and airlines. So uh, my wife used to work for Disney uh, in their travel department. So the way that um, a lot of hotels operate, which is why this difference exists, is when a hotel is full, it's not that all the rooms are occupied, it's that they've only got enough staff to maintain X number of rooms. And so they can upgrade you to a suite because it doesn't take any more, or not much more time for them to clean a suite than a regular room. It just, you know, both rooms, one, one is going to be vacant either way, right? Um, so I think that's why there's a lot more freedom uh, in that. Um, but that's, that's generally how they work. Interesting. Cool. Well, moving on, uh, with as much as we all travel and as many climates as we go through sometimes in one trip, how do you pack all the things and how do you know what to pack? Check the weather, right? Fair. <laughs> I've, well, I've, um, I've, I've done that. I've done that. As, as an example, so my, my November, I went from San Francisco to Austin for a hackathon to Florida for vacation and for family, a couple different locations in Florida, to Nashville, and then to Pennsylvania and New York for Thanksgiving and work after that in November. And when we left, it was two and a half weeks before we were going to hit the Northeast. So checking the weather. <sighs> We well, landed so my, yeah. in Nashville and it was 41 degrees. Well, layers, right? Layers are important. Yes, um, layers for sure. And, and I just want to want to address the, the 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 invariable question, the things that don't change, right? Because so my I, so if you start with that, um, one of the things that I found super useful that I didn't realize and I just sort of did it by mistake was to create a separate set of toiletries in some known location in a bag or something like that that you travel with that is a duplicate of whatever it is you need, mm -hmm. or whatever. And so it's never the case that I have to think, well, did I pack my toothbrush? I just grab the bag. It's got everything I need, and I just go with it, um, and I just keep it refreshed and I highly recommend that because uh, you know even though you can get stuff on the road it's just really nice to know to not think about that portion so those things that you know that you want and you can if you can dupe them and have another one that you just that's your travel kit mm -hmm. do it like I have that also for the thing that trims my beard right you know like I, I want I just grab I just have another one and I just yeah. take I actually do that for a lot of my electronics as well. Like I have um, like a four port Anker USB port thing. I have duplicate cords. I have a little caddy, right? I just keep it filled. I've just duplicated everything in there. Yeah, I, th I think for, for me, one of the big things that I, I, I do, because, you know, Dave talking about duplicating things is 
I have, so I have a travel like camp toothbrush that I keep in my backpack that will be with me at all times, just in case my, my luggage gets lost. I'm a luggage checker. I don't know if everybody checks luggage, but I usually check luggage because you know what? I'm going to stand there for five minutes waiting for a cab. Who cares if I stand there for 10 minutes waiting for my bag? I'd, I'd prefer to have all my stuff and, you know, some clothing options, especially if you're traveling to a bunch of places. Yeah. Um, better to have more than not enough. So I think yeah, there's. So I actually have three toothbrushes: one for home, one in the checked luggage, and one in my backpack. My teeth will be clean. <laughs> so, so I think it depends, like how how um, deep you want to go on this, right? Because I've done the whole buying travel laundry, like it's literally like sheets, like wafer thin sheets of soap that you can use to wash stuff in the sink, and a portable, you know, washing line. Um, or, you know, know that there's laundry facilities, whether that's, you know, a laundromat or, or, you know, expensive hotel stuff, whatever you want to do. If you can uh, expense those things, it depends right. on the company, just saying. Yeah, yeah. thanks for that, Peach. Um, so there's, there's, you know, so you can go all in, like you can be completely neurotic or you can just pack a larger bag, right? Right. Uh, I've, I've done both. Um, I, I like being carry-on only, but like there's only so much you can fit in a carry-on, right? Mm -hmm. um, and especially if I'm going to colder climates, it, it gets a lot harder. Having said that, I just did a week in Boston in a carry-on, which is like, I've gotten better at packing for these things. Um, but also bag matters. Like I just switched from a hard case to a soft case and I can fit like a third more things in there easily. It gets crazy. So yeah, that's that actually, does, oh. sorry, go ahead, Jason. Oh, I was just gonna say that does point out like how people end up double, right? Like there are the people that like, I want everything and I'm going to bring everything. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm ultra minimalist. Um, so I literally just have like a small bag. It's actually smaller than my main backpack um, with me. And it was for, you know, essentially three days down in Florida. Um, and I've done, you know, with the same backpack, it expands and I've done about two weeks in it, right? Just carrying it on my back uh, because ultra minimalist. Uh, but again, you know, you miss out on some of the comforts, I think. For sure. Can we, can we have a discussion about what you should take on a plane? Like, I mean, I don't want to, unless you want to keep on going on sort of the luggage, what should you, get, what should you have when you get there? No, I but think I, this kind of transitions in nicely, so. Yeah, yeah I think it would, it, would be super, it would be super cool to talk about, like, the things you don't ever want to not have. So I have my list, but I want to hear other people's stuff as well. I just want to point out packing cubes. Like, for me, those oh, yeah. are the number one thing that helps me pack well helps me pack a lot and keeps me organized. So like when I get there and I need to pack to come home, it takes me 25 minutes because every, you know, I don't have to go hunting for anything. I just shove it all back in the packing cubes and I'm, I'm done. Um, so packing cubes are fantastic. And what yeah, can you really, again, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say as a minimalist person, you know, as I said, uh, packing cubes for me are a definite no because they take up more space. Uh, so if you are a minimalist, uh, there's the one bag, I believe it's one bag.com. Um, has the bundle pack method, uh, which is, it's extremely dense. Uh, as I mentioned, when I did that two week trip and I had like all my clothes, uh, that was a really damn heavy bag. Uh, it was small, but it was like carrying around lead weights, like small, but super heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, Jason alluded to it. There's, I mean, if, if you want to geek out about packing, it's really fun to watch the debates between people who, uh, 
do the cubes, do the rolling, rolling things, rolling things into cubes or bundle and stuff like that. And I think that's totally worthwhile. Like find out how the military does it, you know, like, like, uh, how, you know, ranger rolling your pants. I've tried to do that for fun. Um, so I think that's a super fun thing to do if you're bored and have a little bit of YouTube time. Go see how other people do it. I'm totally Googling ranger rolling right now. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, you're, David, you're going to mention uh, things to bring on the airplane. Yeah, so what, I have my. What do, you, what do you have to have? What do you? What can you do without? Yeah, so I, so I'm gonna um, let me see if I can give up just a few that I think are super useful. Um, nowadays, I don't really travel without my noise reducing small headphones. These are the Bo the Bose QC20s versus the, like the big things that go over your head. Um, I dig them a lot, so much so that when I thought I lo lost them, I bought another pair, and then I kept that other pair. And then when I go with somebody else, like my spouse or my or my kid, I'll take those because they just make my life a lot easier for listening to anything. Um, I am a big fan of taking some source of protein um, with me on a plane, um, especially being vegetarian. It's, it can be tricky to get things that are not carbs when I'm there. So I want to just be prepared for that. Um, and then the well, I, th I think not, not to interrupt, but I think yeah. even not being a vegetarian, it's hard to get anything yeah. that's not carbs on an airplane, even a transatlantic mm -hmm. flight, it's pretty yeah. much carbs. Yeah. yeah, and you don't necessarily feel the same level of full, right? Like if you don't, right. if you don't have that. Um, I'm, I think that it's all about cash. You know, what can you cash to take with you? What entertainment can you cash to take with you? And, you know, I have my favorite podcast. Now I'm, now I'm thrilled that Netflix can. Yes, yes. I just used that this week, um, so good. Um, I recently purchased a, 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 a SanDisk Connect, which is a tiny USB stick that has a Wi-Fi thing in it. And what it does is it allows me to load stuff onto this thing and then broadcast a, a private Wi-Fi network that my iPad can subscribe to. And nice. so now, I'm now I have a way to offload storage from my iPad and I'm thrilled to try it. I haven't actually done it yet, uh, taking it with me, but I'm thrilled that now I have like all the movies that I've ripped that I want to take with me legally. Um, um, uh, and um, and so like it's all it's, to my mind it's all like what can you cash in terms of work and entertainment with you? My Kindle has far more things on it than I'll ever read, but I you know I'm afraid I'm going to be bored, so I'm I'm all set. So those are, those are some of the things that like like that I wouldn't want to leave uh, uh, head on an airplane without is what I would say. It took me a long time to 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 buy into the bows. Um, you know, 300, 400 bucks, whatever they cost is is a lot of money, right? But it just dropped it by fifty actually. It did, but that was that was honestly the most worthwhile expenditure. Um, and so my, I had the QC25. So I, I wear hearing aids, so I have to have the over-the-ear larger bulky ones. I don't really have a choice in the matter, but uh, I had the QC25s. They did break. I bought the QC35s. I had problems. I now have the Sennheisers, which I'm wearing right now, um, uh, the PXC550s. And, yeah, it's it's quality of life. Like on an airplane, these are the biggest thing for me. Like I could, if I lost everything else, I could still like be comfortable and sleep on a plane with just these. Um, part of the reason is, is that, you know, people have shown that part of the fatigue you get from flying is by the constant noise exposure. For sure. You can do something to reduce it. And I used to take Edematics headphones, which, you know, just plugged in the ear and sort of plugged the ear. These I find a lot better because they do appear to reduce the sound. And, but if you can reduce the amount of noise exposure, the loud <sighs> sort of thing on the thing, you can come off a plane feeling at least a little bit better. I'm not saying that you're going to come off like fresh as a daisy, but, but, it, but it's, uh, it helps a little bit. I would say for anybody that doesn't want to spend the 250 for the Bose, um, I used to have the Audio-Technica ANC-23s, 
Um, you can get them off of eBay. Like I think I got them for like 40 bucks. They run about 40 or 50 bucks. They're really cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, they run on a double A, so you don't have to charge them over USB. Uh, and they last a long time. So they're roughly, I would say, like two-thirds as good as the Bose, which is still available if you've never had noise, active noise canceling sure. headphones. Yeah, those, I think, are the preferred sort of uh, cheaper brand. These were actually even more than the Bose, uh, 400 bucks, uh, but, but worth it to me. Um, so, uh, but other than, other than those, I, uh, let's see, I have um, my iPad, um, I actually don't use that that much. I could leave that behind, but it's, it's just kind of in that bag. Um, things like meds, like make sure that like you have meds and your ID. Um, I always have a battery pack, uh, for my devices. Um, deodorant. I always have, I always have that in my backpack. Um, actually I, so this, this might sound a bit weird. I always have a spare toilet roll, like a part of a toilet roll in my backpack, just in case. Um, it's just a partial, like, like grab, you know, the end of the roll here at the house, um, that's shoved in my backpack it's, you never know. I've been in airports, right. And there's, you know, whatever. Um, what else? Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Like that's, that's the majority of the stuff I take. Okay. You're sorry. such a prepper. <laughs> You're so prepared for everything. That's I awesome. literally am a just like, it's just my laptop, my headphones. Um, oh, laptop. Yeah. That. <laughs> that's good yeah actually neither one of you david nor davy mentioned perhaps bringing your laptop to do the job that you're getting paid to do well well so i do i want to be clear that sometimes i can work on a plane and sometimes i can't i what what i found that i can do on an airplane almost always is delete mail like my reptile like i can i can apply the reptile brain to go don't need it don't need it don't need it don't need it but like to sit there and code or write something cogently when i'm mm -hmm. tired on an airplane um sometimes doesn't work and so th in those cases i just have to consume media uh, or consume stuff and can't always get stuff done. And, I, and i don't feel that bad because i feel like i am you know i'm not i'm i'm on the plane for my work but i am not being played but i'm not a work on a plane that's not like where my office is right. so it is okay to just get to the thing that i'm going to because it's where i'm going to that i'm being paid to do. There's a certain level for me of just stuff that I want to have with me because I don't want to either check it or have it in my carry-on, um, like because it's in my backpack, right? So like my laptop is there for security and safety, not necessarily there to use. Well, yeah. and for some of us, like I know for me, sometimes being on a plane is the easiest time for me to write something, and it might be a super rough first draft. But whether or not I have Wi-Fi doesn't matter unless I'm researching. But even if I'm researching, I can leave a comment to myself of, hey, check this thing later or find a link for this later. But it's one of the few places where I'm not being distracted and I don't have other things going on and other people vying for my attention, which is awesome. Can we talk about Wi-Fi on planes? Yeah, let's talk about Wi-Fi. Yeah, please, can we sure. talk about Wi-Fi? Because I'm actually, I can never just leave a note. So I always buy the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, so, so and we're talking about Wi-Fi. Uh, my two comments on the Wi-Fi is always buy it beforehand because it's always going to be cheaper. Even if you're just in the airport, like buy it in the airport right before you get on the plane. Uh, number two, uh, we mentioned credit cards earlier. One credit card that everybody should get is the Discover It Miles card, Discover IT. So it's one of the Discover cards out there. There's no annual fee. And one of the, one of the features is that they reimburse you up to $30 every year for airplane Wi-Fi. So that's literally all I use it for. I don't charge anything else on it. So one, yeah. one travel hack for GoGo specifically is if you set your user agent to mobile and then clear your cookies, you'll get the mobile pricing even on a non-mobile device. 
maybe that's a little okay. shady. But, you know, it's if you just need it to like grab your email and whatever, that's fine. Um, that was entirely I, not above board, Dave. Well, so I, I, I <laughs> that, is, that is called a hack. That is travel hack. Say travel hack. So travel uh, tips. We said travel tips. <laughs> tips. I, I have $70 a month that I pay to GoGo because I know I'm always on Delta. Um, there's a, a Delta specific international 70 bucks a month. You get to use it all the time. Um, and I will say it's very rare that I get on a Delta flight. I've even, you know, I've flown trans-Pacific, trans-Atlantic, um, still had Wi-Fi the entire way. Um, other airlines, I haven't seen that be so prolific. So right. that ties into your airline stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Southwest is is my one of my go-tos these days uh, for a number of reasons, partly because of the companion pass. Um, everyone's nodding here, but if you don't know about it, it's basically if you earn a certain amount of points within a certain, within a year time frame, you can designate a particular person as your quote-unquote companion for the rest of that calendar year as well as the additional calendar year. Um, so it's been a and really they get free nice flights with you, right? And free flights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a really, really nice way for, uh, myself and my boyfriend to travel for work as well as for vacation, because essentially whatever flight he books, cause he has the companion status. Um, as long as there's a second seat available on that flight, he can book it in my name for it's like a $5 fee. Um, and so it, it works really, really nicely. But anyways, that's a side note. But Southwest fairly often has Wi-Fi for like eight bucks for the day, um, which has been good. And it's decently consistent for airplane Wi-Fi. Um, I used to do a lot of back and forth between San Francisco and New York because that's where my boyfriend used to live. And going back and forth that way, I did Virgin America a lot. And so for a while, I had the, like, year internet pass for Virgin because I was going back and forth both for work and to see him. And so it made it convenient. But otherwise, there's some of these airlines that are charging upwards of 40 bucks a day mm-hmm. for Wi-Fi, which is ridiculous. And you got to be careful because sometimes they sell it uh, to the leg. Sometimes it's airline-specific. So even if you're in the same – so, like, if you switch from Delta to KLM and they both have GoGo, you may not be able to use it. So check, right. there, you know, if it's tied to the airline or not, um, et cetera. Uh, but the per-leg one is the most expensive. Like, it'll be $12 for a two-hour flight. Right. Um, I do think the annual passes are the best value if it makes sense to be within there, the constraints of that. Um, I think it's $80, actually, for, uh, you know, any airline, et cetera. But as I said, I'm Delta. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. David, you're the one who brought this up. I feel like you, you've been sitting on something here about air, air, airplane Wi-Fi you want to talk about. Oh, no, I, I just want to talk about it because I, I think about it in a number of ways. One is, is like that old joke of, you know, two old ladies who are at a restaurant and they're complaining about the food and they're like, it's so salty and, you know, it's this sort of stuff. And then the other one says, you know, in such small portions too. Um, and, and I kind of feel like that. Like, I feel like, you know, like it's, it's crappy and, you know, like, it, 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 you know, like there's so many things with it. So the, I guess the only thing I would say about I find it's, it can be a, a source of great frustration sometimes, and I think it's pretty good to recognize sunk cost bias and think, okay, it's just really going to suck. Maybe it'll get better, but likely it won't. Right. So feel free to just bail on it early before your frustration about um, 
every single page refresh or every single type thing causes you to go in an early grave. It's like, it's not a, it's not a happy making thing. It's a, it's good if you got it, but if you don't got it, uh, figure out a way to bail early. So you, your, your blood pressure isn't affected by your, your Wi-Fi because it's, it's always, it's something that will always disappoint you is what I want never, to say. Never rely on it as, as a, you yeah. know, in that vein, right? So, you know, I, I never, um, like, oh yeah, I'll just use a Wi-Fi on the plane. I don't need a movie or a book or whatever. Like always have a backup plan. Um, and never rely right. on it. Like if it's there, great. If it's not, you should still be prepared for that. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's like it, it's like David said, which kind of reminded me of the old Louis C.K. But you know, people get on flights and they're like, oh, the Wi-Fi sucks. And Louis C.K.'s point is like, you know, people complaining about flights and how how difficult they are to get on flights and how cramped. You know, you're flying on a magic tube through the sky. Like, <laughs> take a second and realize what you're doing. Yeah. No, it's always magic. Realize you never would have figured that out on your own. Definitely. So along the lines of frustration and knowing when to, to cut loose before the frustration hits, uh, with all the travel, how do we make sure that we don't burn out between all the travel and the conferences and the FaceTime and the planes and the, all the craziness? In my case, I didn't. I, I screwed that up this year. Um, I actually, I had to, I had to bail on three uh, events that were supposed to be consecutive in Europe um, because I, I, I was asked at the last minute to do uh, a, a West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, East Coast in a week trip. Um, it's and you're up in there. No, no, no. So I, I did Seattle to Buffalo, uh, two days oh, yeah. later back to Seattle, uh, two days later back to New York, and then, of course, back to Seattle, right? Um, and Buffalo is easily the best part, but carry on. It was. It was amazing. Um, but uh, And then like a week, I think like a week and a half later, I was supposed to be going to Dublin for DrupalCon, right? Um, and I was just, I just, I couldn't. Like, I literally was in the car on the way to the airport messaging someone. I'm just like, I am so anxious and stressed out right now. I just, I can't do this. And I turned around. I had my Uber turn back around and take me home. Um, so, yeah, I'd love some tips on that. Um, but, like, the other side of that is, like, everyone was amazing. Like, everyone that I reached out to, I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I can't come to your event. I know this is last minute. If there's anything I can do. But they're like, just take care of yourself. We yeah. you know, hope you feel better. Like, so don't feel bad if you have to do that. But. Yeah, uh, just be wary. Like it, it can sneak up on you. And good for you for recognizing it and acting on it, because that's a huge thing for me. That I know by the time I get to that point, I often want to back out, but have a hard time actually pulling the trigger because of the guilt that I feel in advance of even telling anyone that I'm going to back out. So huge props for that. And part of the problem here that I think is useful for the people in community to recognize is that one of the measures of our success is sometimes how many events did you speak at? Um, and so one of the measures of your failure as a family member is how often are you away? Right. right? And so, so there is, the system is fighting against itself. And I too am working on that. My spouse is not happy necessarily with the amount of travel, was not happy when I mistakenly uh, agreed to speak on my 25th wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, even though we had done some really nice work to really nice work to, to try to figure out, like, how can I make sure I don't travel in the days that are important to her? Um, and, and you can just get it wrong. And so mm -hmm. it's tricky because for a number of reasons, one of which is also like, there's no way to easily modulate this. So like, if in June, you don't want me to travel in September as much, cool, I can dial that knob. In September, if you don't want me to dial as much in September, then I'm kind of stuck because yeah. it's not okay for me to bail on pre 
previous commitments, except in cases like Davey's talking about where, where your body says, okay, we're done here, folks. Right. We can't do it. Um, and so I think this is, this is a super big challenge. Um, sometimes it can help if you can um, turn some of the frequent file miles or your, your acting as a scout to places into family visits, you know, mm -hmm. like later on, like, you know, cause now I, now when I took my, took my family to, uh, to parts of Europe that I had been to for, for work, that was awesome sauce. Um, but I think, I think we just have to recognize that really, um, the two systems are really, are, are going to butt heads and, modulating that is tricky and I've spent a lot of time in the last year as I realized that I was messing up along these lines talking to people that I knew that traveled a lot and said how do you do it like how do you work it out with your family some people lucked out in that they got into this family situation having already been in that position so like I already traveled a lot for work my spouse already traveled for work you know they say they'll say to me um, and therefore we already knew what it was like not to actually see each other and that was cool yeah. or some people have spouses that are like I don't like it when you're home when you're gonna leave again you know like because you're, you're <laughs> my mellow because I have a system when you're not here and now you're here and I have to but I'm not in that situation so it's, mm -hmm. I, I, I I'm like Davey in that that if the people listening to us want to provide uh, tips to us about how they're able to modulate and think about this stuff I would be forever grateful well, another big problem like PJ I know you're booked out through like May right you're, you're already got I'm plans already booked like, out, yeah I've already booked out through May so how, I mean you don't know how you're gonna feel in April right um, yeah, and a part of the problem is that we are scheduling so far in advance with conferences and events you just don't know how it's all going to go down. Um, right, and, and I think that part of that is, is, and I know Jason has something to say, so I'll make this quick, but um, part of it is, is and, and Jason and I actually talked about this in the last episode we were on together, our inability to say no as community people. Like, we'd love to say yes. We're really shit at saying no. Um, so, like, the key is, like, realizing it's okay to say no. And, I mean, even as a conference organizer, I know it happens sometimes. It's not preventable. Sometimes, Mary, you came in and spoke at Code Days because at the very last minute we had a speaker who had to cancel for these reasons. Um, it happens. So the conference is going to understand. And once you learn that, like, it doesn't make, it doesn't, it shouldn't make it easier enough that you're like, oh, I could blow off everyone. But it makes it easier enough that when that occasion arises, you can say, listen, I can't, I can't make it. And bail as, bail as early as you can, I guess is what I want to say, if you're going to bail. But I, I want to, Jason, I just realized Jason was going to say something. I apologize. That's no, okay. Uh, yeah, definitely bail as early as you can. Um, but again, don't feel bad about bailing. So actually, I was on the program committee for that conference in Dublin uh, that David was going to do. A bunch of people who couldn't make it. Um, and it still went on, and the conference was still amazing. Know that conferences, they have multiple speakers. It'll be fine. Um, and then beyond that, you know what David was saying earlier, like curious how other people do things wanting input. For me, that input is the thing, right? Like I have never gotten to the point where I feel like I'm burned out on travel. I would always travel more. Um, you know, we can get into this later, but I'm a travel hacker. So I will fly just for the miles. And I have, I've gone on like three day trips of just flying around, uh, never being in any city more than an hour just for the miles. So I'll never feel like you know, the flying and the travels, the part. Uh, what came to my attention actually was when I was posting a bunch of stuff to Facebook uh, and a good friend of mine, uh, Kareem from uh, Amsterdam was like, hey dude, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, cause you're swearing a lot on Facebook uh, and you don't normally do that. And I was like, wow, yeah, I am. And then just that caused me to think like, okay, what am I, 
right, ironed out, and it's not the travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I hate to start to bring this to a close, but I think we're going to have to. Um, so real I quick. I think we could definitely probably do another travel episode as, as well yes. in the new year for when everyone's getting ready to travel. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's do a quick round robin. If you have to boil it down, what's your number one travel tip? No one's going to jump in. Well, then I'll just call on people. Uh, <laughs> David, ready to go. Um, you know, as I think about it, one of the things that has made my life a lot better was uh, applying for global entry. Um, and again, this is only for our U.S. Our US listeners, um, but the ability to have the ability to come through lines much faster and quicker and the ability to have uh, TSA pre such that you can go back to the 1970s when, you know, everything was grand um, is good. So much so that I went through the process, both for me, my spouse and my kid. And now they all do that. And even now they tell me like when they travel without me, they're like, I am so, so happy. So that would be the thing I would say. Global entry is a program. Look it up. Um, if you're not already doing it, it's a it's a slightly more expensive way to get TSA pre. But if you're going to come in and out of the country at all ever, it's worth the extra twenty bucks, and it'll cover you for five years, if I remember correctly. Yeah, five um, And uh, just just do it. Uh, note for our international listeners, if we have any, uh, actually, global entry isn't just for U.S. citizens. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a select few other countries that can have access to it. And also, um, so for example, as, as a non-U.S. citizen, as a resident, I don't qualify for TSA pre alone, uh, but I do get it with my global entry, which I do qualify for. Um, Interesting. So also TSA pre, though, will automatically apply to your family members. Global entry does not. Everyone has to get global entry individually. Um, so if you do only travel internally, you can do it as a family, just one TSA pre, as long as you're all traveling together. Um, Good to know. Cool. Uh, Jason, what's your travel hack? My tip, if, uh, yeah, uh, well, not so much a travel tip hack, but my, my number one tip would be TripIt. Uh, buy the professional yes. version of TripIt. Uh, often you can get it for, I think some credit cards will give it to you for free, but even at that, it's 50 bucks a year, which is dirt cheap. Um, it's easy to import your schedules. You just forward the emails that come to you and it'll automatically import them. There's no other way that I could actually keep all of my travel straight. Uh, so TripIt is a lifesaver. It'll I also made a rule that just forwards automatically. Exactly. Yeah, just automatically forward them. Um, other things that TripIt does, aside from sending you alerts on travel, um, it'll tell you when things change. So if flights change, uh, gates change, that's how I knew where to go when I got, got off the plane. Uh, and then one other thing that Pro does is it'll actually let you know if prices go down because some airlines do have a low price guarantee. Uh, so it'll actually track when you send that receipt from your, your airline. It'll track that price and let you know to call up and include money. And some other TripIt, some other programs can consume TripIt's API. So once you've given Trip the knowledge of what all your travel is, some other programs can import that information without you having to enter it yet again. And that's a beautiful thing, also. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, for me, TripIt was a big like stress reliever because my biggest thing about tra- like flying is I'll get to an airport, and especially if it's in a foreign country, for example, and not know where I am, where I'm going, or anything like that. So just getting that, you get an alert that says you just landed here, uh, your next gate is here, and you have this long to get there. Yeah. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Another plus one to TripIt is the ability to share that itinerary with other people. Yep. So I know internally at SparkPost, the second that someone books their travel, hey, here's my TripIt link. 
so that you know when I'm flying in, when I'm landing, maybe we can coordinate cars, everything else. Mm -hmm. And for me, when my parents go, hey, you're traveling for three weeks, where are you going to be? I can go, hey, look at that link. <laughs> you can see all the things. It gives you all the contact information and everything else, and it's easy to go. And it's right. not just sharing it, actually. Um, you can actually use it for other people. You can book them and set them as the traveler. So I have yep. unfortunately become the, the travel agent for a lot of my family. <laughs> <laughs> Again, can you fix that computer you from yeah. 20 years ago? Thanks. Mm -hmm. All right, Davey, what's your tip? Um, so this is actually something that I just learned this week uh, on the DevRel Slack, which is that at least United and um, SkyTeam have a marketplace where you go to your regular stores that you buy and you get a multiplier on what you spend in terms of miles. So I spend a lot of money on eBags because I'm kind of a bag aficionado. Uh, and I've, I've literally spent probably $600 in the last four weeks just getting two new carry-ons. Oh um, and if I had bought that through, I, I need a new bag because I got stolen. I, I need new bags. They got stolen. Anyways, they did. So anyways, I, uh, I, I, if I had gone through the marketplace, I would have gotten 5X miles for every dollar that I'd spent. Um, so it's, oh, wow. it's shopping. Uh, what is it? Mileageplus.com or yep. SkyMilesShopping.com is the Delta Sky Team one. Uh, and I'm sure the others do. Uh, but I just learned that this week. I'm super excited to, to, to dig into that. They have that, and they also have dining. So if you eat out, uh, all of the programs have a corresponding dining thing where you put your credit card in there, and when you eat at certain restaurants, you get bonus points. Um, along the shopping portal line, though, uh, gentlemen out there or people who are romantic, flowers always have huge bonuses. Like, usually around Valentine's Day, FTD is like 35 points per dollar you spend. Yep. Nice. So yeah, I, I often buy flowers for my wife for Valentine's Day. That's good. For, for a second, I thought you were going to advise to go to the little flower, like the refrigerated flower things that you, like you put coins in in some of the airports. And I was like, don't. That's a terrible tip. Don't ever do that. That's like <laughs> buying airport gifts for the kids. You don't do that. You're a bad parent. It's an anti-tip. That's an anti-tip, yes. Anti-patterns. All right, good stuff. Well, let's do let's do our checkouts. Uh, what have you been enjoying lately, tech or non-tech? Things that you're using to decompress, TV shows, books. I don't, can Jason answer this? He's currently in an airport, and David is currently in a hotel. They're neither one of them is decompressing right now. Well, then what are they going to do when they get home? There you yeah, go. There you I'm go. on my way home, so I'm actually decompressing. And like I said, I like to travel just for fun, so. Hanging out and just like people watching is pretty darn cool. Um, That's the best part yeah. of being in an airport, right? That is the best part. Uh, checking out though, Westworld. Uh, that okay. just ended the first season. So if you're one of those that doesn't like to go along weekly, it, you can now binge watch it, but it's fantastic. I've watched the first episode. I haven't quite gotten beyond that yet, but we'll see. It looks interesting. It's great. David, what about you? I am taking great pleasure these days listening to a podcast called The Adventure Zone with my 10-year-old. It is three super funny, smart um, people playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is not something that I actually played per se, and nor is my son, but they are hilarious. It is really a blast. You have to be okay with 
cussing in some adult content, um, but uh, it is really just a pleasure. And so, um, and, and if you're looking at it, there are there are other podcasts that that I certainly am into, um, but this is the one that's making for some lovely family bonding time. Cool, nice, Davy. Um, so I actually uh, I just started getting back into gaming. Uh, I bought a, a PlayStation VR. Um, and that's been incredible. Uh, and then I bought an Xbox uh, One so that I could kick PJ's ass in Overwatch. So that hasn't uh, happened yet, but but you keep keep practicing. We haven't actually. We actually haven't had a versus match yet. But um, that's that's actually where I'm, I'm checking out. I'm actually just kind of trying to get away from like the computer and the, not necessarily in there, but the computer. Um, and uh, yeah, just put that stuff away. So cool. Uh, for me, there's been two different things. One, uh, when I've been in town and, and actually when I'm traveling now as well, I've been trying to get to more concerts. Um, I love live music and have been getting back into it again lately. There was a while where I just didn't feel like I had the time to actually research concerts and figure out who was in town. Um, so there's an app that I used to use and I've started using again called Bands in Town. And it links up with... Uh, I think it's last.fm and Spotify and can link up with YouTube and everything else as well and basically do a download of here's the genres you might like, here's the artists you follow, here's the songs that you're interested in and then send you updates about like, hey, these people are in town or you said you're going to be in this place at this time, here's the folks who will be there then, um, which has been awesome. So the it should. It totally should. Someone needs to build that hack. Yes, Davey, please. guess what you're doing this weekend. Please, please, please. <laughs> uh, and the other thing, um, and I, I'm guessing this is outside of just San Francisco, but I'm obviously using it for San Francisco. There's a site called FunSheet, um, and it's basically it's events and things that are happening in your area that are relatively inexpensive. Or if they're not inexpensive, it'll point out, like, enter the raffle here to get free tickets or enter this contest for this thing. Um, and as I've been home lately, I've been trying to do more things in San Francisco. And so it'll point out, you know, the, the different festivals or the movies that are playing at, you know, Castro Theater or just a whole bunch of different things. And there's stuff probably multiple things every night of the week or every weekend. So, so different, different things like that, that are kind of putting me in touch with stuff that I wouldn't be able to find on my own. Very cool. For me, I, uh, this is the first week I think that I have a non-musical thing to talk about. Um, but, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I've been reading Philip K. Dick's Man in the High Castle and season two is about to come out on Amazon. So, that's something like I'm really looking forward to. The book and the the, the series are not exactly perfectly aligned, but uh, I think they're doing a pretty good job. So I think that it's definitely worth a watch and without a doubt worth a read. Very cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Got some great travel tips out of it. And I think we'll definitely have to do a follow-up episode at some point. Without a doubt, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, with that, we'll sign off. Again, you've been listening to the latest episode of Community Pulse. I'm Mary Thingval at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. And I am PJ Haggerty at Esplenic on Twitter. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Right, thanks, everybody. <laughs>